Welcome to the podcast for the North Decatur Presbyterian Church. We are a PCUSA congregation located in Decatur, Georgia. You can find out more information about the church, our service to the community, and our great education programs for children, youth, and adults at ndpc.org. And you can follow us on Facebook. If you're in the Atlanta area, we hope you'll come and join us in person. Now let us turn to this week's scripture and sermon, and let us begin with a prayer. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything worthy of praise, let us meditate upon these things. Amen. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 56. My soul proclaims your greatness, O God. My heart rejoices in you, my Savior, because you have showered your servant with blessing from now to the end of time. All generations will know the great things you have done for me. Mighty one, your name is holy. In every age, your compassion flows to those who reverence you. But all who seek to exalt themselves in arrogance will be leveled by your power. You have deposed the mighty from their seats of power and have raised the lowly to high places. Those who suffer hunger, you have filled with good things. Those who are privileged, you have turned away empty-handed. You have come to the aid of your people in fulfillment of the promise you made to our ancestors. When you spoke blessing to Sarah and Hagar, and all their descendants to the utmost generation. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The body is like Mary, wrote the early 13th century Muslim mystic Rumi. And each of us has a Jesus inside who is not in labor, holy labor. Every creature is. For Rumi, creativity and life-giving power dwell inside all creatures. This power expresses itself in a healing touch, a song or a dance, anything of love and beauty that lets the witness know that God is present. Mary herself understands her pregnant condition as one of magnification and joy. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Mary is an unmarried pregnant woman of modest means and limited choices. And yet she sees the mighty one at work within her. She believes others will, will see God in her too and call her blessed. Mary has faith that others will recognize the great things done through her. Do you believe that about Mary, about other young women today like her, about older women like her cousin Elizabeth who are often dismissed? 
If you do believe in them, what are you doing to amplify their experiences? One of the beautiful things about social media is the space it gives for ordinary people and marginalized voices to speak prophetic wisdom and to enter the conversation about the sacred. Such conversations were once reserved only for priests and ordaining institutions. A feed that I like is called Black Liturgies. This week, a post offered an exegesis on the dynamic between the characters in Advent. It said, I find delight and beauty in the silence of the men in the Advent story. Zechariah can't speak. Joseph does not speak. While the words and emotions of Mary and Elizabeth are centered. Someone once asked me what my favorite artistic representation of Christ was. I answered, Mary holding Christ. I was intentionally vague about which of the many depictions of Mary and her child that I loved. I find the image of mother and son powerful when she cradles the infant Jesus and the dead body of Christ. It reminds me that within Mary's motherhood, from the very beginning to the very end, there is pain and promise. And so it is with all of us whose souls are called to magnify divine love and whose bodies are prepared to enact this love. The folk singer Patty Griffin has a song called Mary. The lyrics describe the duality of motherhood. A song like the Gospel of Luke's Magnificat describes only the glory of giving birth, of nurturing new life, and of supporting a hero's journey. But Griffin's tune reveals the afterbirth, the struggle, the sorrow, and the solitude of a servant destined to survive all the ups and downs of a soul that magnifies divine love. Now in the song, Mary is described present at scenes of beauty and brokenness. She is covered in roses and babies like the icons of the Madonna, but also ashes, rain, wilderness, slashes, and stains. I can't hear the latter list without thinking of all that mothers have had to endure in 2020. Record-breaking wildfires in the Western United States that engulf their homes and habitats Hurricanes in Central America that outnumber the letters in the alphabet and drown their cities in mud. And a secondary pandemic of domestic violence as a quarantine cuts off avenues of escape from their abusers. Every year, various media outlets tell the story of that year through photographs. I'm struck by the women in these images. I see the strength of women looking straight into the face of the unbearable. New mothers giving birth alone at the hospital, panting into a face mask. A female veterinarian leading two donkeys to safety or cradling a yama injured by a wildfire as it is euthanized. Another woman strapping her kids into their car seats as they evacuate their mobile home, leaving a horizon of fire behind them or an older woman, thousands of miles south, guiding a mule-driven cart with her possessions across a town leveled by mudslides from the heavy rains. 
There is a collage of several women with faces kept in shadow as they cook, do laundry, and play with their kids in an emergency shelter for battered women in Spain. And one of the many harrowing shots, surviving mothers in hijabs clutch the newborns as they evacuate the hospital where 15 unlucky mothers were martyred. Even a deadly virus could not secure a ceasefire in Afghanistan, where a maternity ward was the target of a mass shooting back in May. Mary, did you know all that would come to pass? The Christmas song with that refrain asks, Mary, did you know? And it focuses on the heroic acts of Jesus Christ. Did you know that your baby boy would someday walk on water, would save our sons and daughters, has come to make you new? I suppose she did intuit this. At least the Magnificat suggests it. Like any mother, I believe Mary had hope for the future revealed through her child. But I want to know when she sang of what the Mighty One had done for her and through her. Did she know the blessing of her own strength? Was that what she knew when she called herself blessed? Did she know that this blessing would be double-edged? That she would birth what would make this world brilliant while also bearing what threatened to make it bleak? We don't get to hear a lot about Mary's life beyond the Annunciation. We assume she must have worried when the boy Jesus ran away and rebuked people in the temple, or when he told a bunch of followers to leave their families to spread the gospel. At least one gospel places her in Jerusalem at the time of her son's death. Can you imagine? There's a few legends of the early church documented about Mary. Some say she stayed in Jerusalem with John and helped build the church there. Another placed her in Ephesus with her stepson James, tending to the nascent movement in Christ's name. At the end of the song by Patty Griffin, Jesus, just before his crucifixion, kisses his mother goodbye and later ascends into heaven amidst the singing of angels. And rather than dwelling in this beatific vision of her son, Mary, the song imagines, stays behind and starts cleaning up the place. This version of Mary after the death of Jesus resonates with me as much as any other, for it speaks to the reality of mothers everywhere. There is always more to do. Giving birth is not the final act of bringing new life into the world. New life is an unceasing annunciation. Earlier, I asked you if you believed that great things were happening in the lives of women today, as, they, as Mary says they happened for her. And if so, how are you magnifying their experiences? And as we finish our reflection time, I ask you this. Do you believe God, the Mighty One, is at work in you? 
Meister Eckhart, a Christian mystic who, like Rumi, lived and taught in the 13th century, albeit the latter half, wrote that we were all meant to be mothers of God. He said, we are all meant to be mothers of God. What good is it to me if this eternal birth of the divine son takes place unceasingly, but does not take place within myself? And what good is it to me if Mary is full of grace, if I am not also full of grace? What good is it to me for the creator to give birth to the son, if I do not also give birth to Christ in my time and my culture? This then is the fullness of time, when the Son of Man is begotten in us. Friends, may Christ be begotten in us as we wait and hope for a better future. And as we wait for the fulfillment of heaven on earth, may we find that life is made new and time is made full when our souls too magnify the grace of God. Amen.